Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. A lot we are going to get to in hour three of the program. Some of our favorite NBA plays, maybe even talk some futures and awards, things like that. And of course, we will get to our lightning bets. But for now, one of our favorite guests to talk a little college hoops. Here comes Mike Rutherford of CardChronicle.com. Make sure to follow him on X at Card Chronicle. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. So as I'm looking at some college basketball futures, I'm noticing in the ACC, we've got Duke as a favorite at plus 250 and North Carolina at three to one to win the regular season conference award. Are we just on a collision course for Duke UNC as far as who's going to win this conference or is there value in betting on someone else? There's value in betting on someone else because every time that we assume we're on a collision course with Duke and North Carolina, somebody else winds up winning the conference and that somebody else, I think like seven times in the last 10 years is Virginia. So, I mean, look at Virginia. I think they're the team that I would bet money on. They never wow anybody in the non-conference. It takes a while for that Tony Bennett system to kick in. But they, you know, Duke has been the preseason favorite to win this conference. The stat is outrageous. Something like 13 times in the last 18 years. And they've only actually done it twice. Virginia is constantly that team that's picked to finish third, fourth, or fifth in the ACC underachieves a little bit in the non-conference and then winds up finding a way to win the league with a 14-6, 15-5, 16-4 record, whatever it is. I know they're the third pick. I'm assuming they're the, they're the third choice right now. I would uh, like Carolina long-term, I, I think, is a little bit uh, of a fraudulent team. Uh, Duke with John Shire, this is the second year in a row where they just haven't looked like they've, they've popped the way that they should. I would be very, very willing to look at Virginia as that third choice if I wanted to make some money. This seems to be a classic year where they could swoop in and win yet another ACC regular season title. Uh, there's some good games coming up, man, especially on uh, Friday and Saturday that we want to go over. But uh, a story from over the weekend was uh, Bronny James making his return to the court, and it is a minute restriction. Uh, but wh- where are you on his play this year? Like, what is the expectation? And also just... USC, how much more do they need to do? Like, how long are we talking before they're they're competitive or where people believe that they're going to eventually go? They need to do a lot more right right now than what they've been doing. The loss to Long Beach State overshadowed was overshadowed a little bit by the way that Bronny James played. Uh, I thought watching Bronny a little bit, I was I, I thought it was actually impressive how mature he played. Like, I think he seems to understand his limitations more so than some people who scout him uh do i think that he he didn't try to do too much which is crazy for a kid playing for the first time who just so happens to be lebron james's son uh you you know he seemed to fit in with the team he didn't four shots didn't hunt shots uh had that great chase down block he recognizes that he's not the most talented player on this team he's the most talked about player on this team but he's not the most talented or the, the the biggest nba prospect isaiah collier very good chance he's going to wind up being the the number one pick in the draft. Boogie Ellis is, is a better college player than Bronny, I think, can be. They've got a ton of talent on this team. Andy Enfield, more times than not, has done a good job at harnessing that talent and getting them all to put team over self. Uh, but this year, they're, they're in a hole because they've beaten a couple of good teams in the non-conference. They've got two really glaring losses already to UC Irvine and Long Beach State, who aren't terrible mid-to-low majors but aren't great mid-to-low majors either. They've got a really big opportunity this weekend to go on the road and beat an Auburn team 
that is a lot better than anybody thought. If they can win that game, I think that will really jumpstart them. And this will be more than just the the Bronny James, Isaiah Collier hype show. And it can be a legitimate NCAA tournament team that can win a couple games. We've got some top 25 games tonight. Is there anything you like? There's about a handful of games um, like Creighton, UNLV, Denver, BYU, Chicago State, Northwestern. Anything that jumps out at you tonight? Yeah, this sort of feels like a you know, these next couple of days are like the worst appetizer ever before a really, really good meal. It's like, you know, the appetizer is so yeah. bad that you're worried about leaving the restaurant and then you actually get the food. And it's like, I'm, I'm so glad we stayed. Uh, that, you know, last night was terrible <laughs> with the, Duke being the only game of note. Tonight is going to be, uh, I mean, UNLV is, is, they keep trying to claw their way back. That, that'll be interesting playing the game in, uh, I guess, in Nevada. Against Creighton, I think Creighton's way too good. I, I mean, if you want to watch the show a little bit, I think CBS Sports Network, if you want to watch Creighton play, I think they'll put up a ridiculous number of points on UNLV tonight. So I like the over, team over, whatever it is for, for Creighton tonight. But as far as actual games to watch, it's I think we're all just kind of saving up for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because this weekend's going to be spectacular. Yeah. Absolutely, it will be, no doubt about that. Uh, you mentioned Auburn, and definitely when it comes to handicapping the SEC, that is an intriguing race, uh, even though Tennessee uh, is the favorite right now to win the conference. Auburn is second at 5-1, to one, Kentucky uh, and Alabama tied at 6-1 to one per bet MGM. How do you make sense of the SEC right now? The SEC, this is what happens when you invest in college basketball. They, I think they saw this vision three or four or five years ago. You've got teams that have been football first for the – you know, the entirety of their existence, and that's not going to change anytime soon. But they still said, we're going to invest in landing high-profile coaches. We're going to invest in, in upgrading our facilities. And the SEC, everyone kind of rolled their eyes when people said they're coming. We're starting to see the, the, you know, the, the fruits of that labor the last couple of years. It's a fantastic conference. It might be the best conference in college basketball this season. Auburn with Bruce Pearl, I mean, every time that he has a team that's projected to be outside the top 25 or you know, fourth, fifth, sixth in the SEC, they always seem to step up. Uh, we've kind of forgotten about Nate Oates and Alabama a, a little bit. I still think they're extremely dangerous long term. Uh, they're going to be good. UK has been a, a little bit up and down. I love Tennessee long term. Right now, if I'm pegging this conference, though, I don't think there's a team that I like more in this league than I like Auburn. And that's even with the loss to Appalachian state. Um, they're in action tonight. We'll see how they play against UNC Asheville. I think that should be an easy win. And then they got the, the previously mentioned game against USC, but I really like this Auburn team. I like the makeup of them. They went out and got Janai Broom who's one of the better big guy transfer portal players, which was a, a need. Uh, it seems like Pearl's going to kind of go the transfer portal route. He believes in his coaching ability. He believes in the system they have in place there. And uh, I mean, like you mentioned, the four teams that you reeled off, I think they all can make a valid case for being the best team in the league. I think you can also throw Texas A&M in there, who's been a little bit of a disappointment. But this is that year Buzz Williams always has in that third, fourth, or fifth season, a year where he can really make a run. I think he's got a squad to do that this year. I think they're eventually going to get right and be a really tough out in March. Let's go to the big game on Friday. It's a rematch of something we saw during the madness uh, Friday night. Ken Palm makes this uh, number UConn. Two minus two against Gonzaga. What do you think? I mean, I think the one of the first things I said when I came on with you guys before the start of the season was, I don't know why we're not talking more about UConn as, as being potentially the first repeat national champion since 06, 07. I stand by that. I, I like UConn even more 
big picture wise than I did before the start of the season. They've been wildly impressive. I know this is a tough trip for them going out to Seattle, playing Gonzaga. I think it's awesome that they're doing it. They do get a week off. Like, like they're going to be very well rested for this game. So I don't think that, you know, jet lag or anything like that is going to play a gigantic factor. I think two is, is too small of a number here. I know that it's Gonzaga. I know that they're in a big spot. I know that they have more pressure to win this game because they dropped their other two kind of showcase games against Purdue and Washington. I just don't think that Gonzaga is that good. And it's a rarity. Like I've been sort of a Gonzaga defender in recent years. I don't, this team's going to be fine. They're the best team in the West coast conference, which is down this year. St. Mary's is, is going to struggle to make the NCAA tournament. It looks like they're going to be in the field safely. They'll probably be a top five seed. I just don't think they have it to be a realistic national title contender. And I think Connecticut absolutely does. They've been spectacular so far this year. Their only loss is a very, very understandable road loss at Kansas where nobody seems to win. Uh, Tristan Newton can make an early case that he's been early season All-American. Donovan Klingon's still getting healthy, but he's fantastic. Cam Spencer's been a huge addition. Uh, I love this UConn team. I know that it's it's a road game. I think they go on the road. I think they win. I won't say relatively handily, but I think they will cover the two. I think that that's uh, too low. What else do you like this weekend? Any other bets that stand out to you? I mean, I, I like the over in North Carolina, Kentucky. I, I'll tell you that much right now. I don't, I don't think it's been said a lot. Both of those teams, long-term, I'm a little bit leery of. I, I, I don't know if, you know, they've been up and down. They don't defend it at a high level. They've got young talent. Uh, Carolina does have the difference maker in Armando Baycott inside. Kentucky's still trying to figure out its inside game, having its three centers start the season either hurt or not declared eligible. They got Aaron Bradshaw back for the first time uh, the last week against Penn, and he looked a little bit you know, a little bit up and down. I think Carolina can expose them a little bit inside. But either way, neither one of these teams, I think they go through stretches where they just don't defend well enough. I think it'll be a super exciting game. Uh, I, I like the over there. Um, but as far as both those teams, they're two teams that I look at, and I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say like fraud watch, but, but I, I, I am worried that they're a little bit overrated right now, both being, I think, in the top 15. He's Mike Rutherford of CardChronicle.com here on BetQL Daily. Uh, how about we get to Arizona and Purdue, number one versus number three, uh, seeing one projection where the Boilermakers should be three-point favorites. How do you feel about that game? And how do you feel about the fact that this is exclusively on Peacock? I hate it. I, it's the worst. It's awful. I mean, we, we thought that nothing could get worse than, you know, Pac-12 network games, uh, which I still don't think the Pac-12 network actually exists. Uh, but Peacock, no. having to work for it, just really, really, it's awful for college basketball. I know that diehards are going to find the game and it'll be fine. They'll find a way to watch. But, you know, there are people that just want to flip on ESPN or, or CBS or whatever on a, on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon to, to watch the game who just won't work that hard to check it out. And these have been probably the two most impressive teams in college basketball so far this season. Um, I, I mean, you have reputations right now for both Purdue and Arizona of they're great in the regular season, but can they get it done in the NCAA tournament? So winning this game isn't going to just shake that stigma for either team, but it will go a long way towards establishing themselves as kind of the team to beat as we enter conference play. It also is a game that, look, you know, big picture-wise, this could wind up being the difference between being a, a one and a two seed, or it could wind up being the difference between being the number one overall seed and just one of the number one seeds. That's how good both these teams are. I think that's how good both these teams can be. 
uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, this is Zach Eady, kind of his first big game on, on, on a big stage so far this season, I guess, since they, they played in the Maui Invitational. Um, like whether or not he can reestablish himself as the undisputed player to beat in the, in the National Player of the Year race. Arizona, I, I think, is a team that we – Oh, I think we lost him. Uh oh, we lost him. Okay. Uh, hopefully, Mike will uh, recharge and uh, reset, and hopefully come back to us and uh, talk about that game a good bit more. Oh, oh there, there he is. is. You're back. I'm back. Okay, I- I'm back. So uh, I think this will be a chance for people to see more of Arizona, who maybe haven't seen them since that Duke game, because they're very, very good too. I, I actually, I-, I like Arizona a lot in this game. I think they're not just going to compete. I think they can go out there and actually win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Noah Eagle doing this game for Peacock. He's doing all the games, apparently. We were talking earlier about how uh, one of the NFL playoff games he's going to be doing instead of Al Michaels uh, for NBC. So he's all over the place. Um, early in the year, Mike, we were talking about the changes with totals. And and you were all in betting on that. And, you know, a lot of times things tend to normalize. The market adjusts. That's what always seems to happen. Uh, did, did totals set in a little bit where more under started to come in um what have you noticed there it does seem like it started to normalize a little bit which is typically the case when you've got a big rules adjustment i think that especially in those early season tournaments college basketball officials wanted to hammer home the idea of you know we're not doing everything as a charge anymore we're going to give the benefit of the doubt to the the offensive player um, so I think you saw a ton of fouls called. You saw a ton of teams kill it at the free throw line. That does seem to have regressed a little bit to the norm moving forward, which is the, almost always the case with college basketball when there's a gigantic rules change. So um, yeah, if, I hope you cashed in on the early overs during the, the battle, battle for Atlantis, the Maui Invitational, all those early season tournaments in November, because it does seem like we've gotten back to, um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but where we've gotten back to the, 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 the block charge call has been a little bit less of a point addition. I think the players have adjusted as well. And I think that's probably going to be the case moving forward. I know you mentioned you really like UConn. Is there anyone when you look at the Ken Palm rankings that you think could rise up that maybe people aren't thinking about right now that you're higher on? Uh, the, the two teams that I know I, I talked about before the start of the season uh, were UConn and Baylor. I think Baylor now is it's kind of, it's corrected itself a little bit. They're in the top 10 on Ken Palm. Um, They've got a big game this week against Michigan State, which is technically not an away game, but they're playing the Spartans in Detroit. And Michigan State finds itself as kind of like a a caged animal with with a losing record. They've got to come back uh, and and do something. So that'll be a a tough game for them. But I I, I love Baylor. If we're looking a little bit deeper than that, as far as teams that I think are are maybe undervalued, Oklahoma, I, I think, is an interesting case mm-hmm. study. Porter Moser, one of the hottest names in college basketball a few years ago, had had sort of, I mean, just kind of lukewarm returns in his first couple seasons in Norman, hadn't done a whole lot. They've been a really, really fun team so far this season. They haven't played a really tough schedule, but they beat a pretty good Providence team handily. They beat what was supposed to be a really good Arkansas team on a neutral court fairly handily. They beat the USC team that we're talking about. They beat Iowa. Um, they'll play North Carolina coming up, I think, next week, and then they'll get into conference play. I think they're a, they're a fun group. JV McCollum is a really, really fun player to watch. Um, so, I mean, Porter Moser is kind of a guy that I trust, that I still believe in. I, I think maybe keep an eye on that Oklahoma team. 
Good stuff. Mike Rutherford of CardChronicle.com. Make sure to follow him on X at Card Chronicle. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our thoughts on NBA futures, awards, and so much more on the hardwood. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Thanks, guys. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up in about uh, a little more than 20 minutes, we will share our lightning bets, our favorite plays for the evening. But now let's get into some NBA awards and some bets we like there. And before we get to MVP, which I know is going to be the talk of the town, so to speak, uh, Paul did remind us during the break that Wimby for Rookie of the Year is plus 105. We played, what, a quarter of the season? A little bit more than that? Maybe mm-hmm. a little less than a third? And we already have a bet that is close to even money for one of these distinctions. I find that fascinating, Joe. Yeah, so, well, look. It, do we want to pick on the favorite? The favorite's Chet Holmgren. He's minus 145 in most spots. And Wemby, you can find a little bit of plus money. Um, Chet, 17 points, eight rebounds per game. He's on a team that is, that was getting pumped up by a lot of people. They're exceeding expectations. If this continues to thunder, we'll get an award, maybe multiple awards. But mm-hmm. isn't he the kind of favorite that you go against like we talked about Chad, and he was a popular bet in the, in the offseason, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But just based on injury history alone, you have to consider going somewhere else in this market. And, you know, obviously, Wemby is going to be the conversation everybody's going to have. Um, do the results of the team matter at all? Because if they do, maybe that's why he's fallen back a little bit. A little bit, but if he's the true unicorn that everyone says he is, maybe they shouldn't. Like, we knew the Spurs were going to be bad either way. I mean, their win total was very low, but, um, I mean, that's the big question. But, yeah, like, this is this is an intriguing market, not just because Wemby's number two on the odds board, but also just because look at who the favorite is, and maybe we should be looking elsewhere. Hmm. I think the record does matter a little bit. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander finished fifth in the MVP voting last year, and they stunk. Like, they didn't Mm -hmm. have a good record. So I think that should matter a a little bit. It's not everything, but I think at the end of the day, it does matter. Uh, Historically, it doesn't. Uh, Usually, it doesn't. I mean, you know, I think the most notable example would be, like, granted, it's a different award, but, like, when Jokic won MVP just a couple years ago, the Nuggets were sixth in the Western Conference, but he was just such a unicorn 
that you that overwhelmed, say, you know, team overall output. And there were also injuries there where you could compensate for those kinds of things, et cetera. And to me, when it comes to just about any award, maybe there are some exceptions, but especially when it comes to, say, like rookie, I think voters are probably even more open minded to giving the award to a player on a team that stinks because it just takes so long for a team to develop to say you have a high draft pick to go from being absolutely atrocious to where you would get a high draft pick to being a legitimate contender. It just takes too long because the NBA, more so in other sports, is really, really top heavy. So I think when it comes to a lot of these individual awards, maybe not so much coach of the year. That might be the one exception because team performance is one of those factors you have to look at. But as far as the others are concerned, I am almost not at all considering how the team is doing but don't you think that's why chet's the favorite right now because why else would Mm -hmm. it be because the numbers are there for wemby right is it so much of an outlier though to where that's taken into account like it's not so much like okc's playing well it's that okay how how good can Victor Wembanyama be if the Spurs have this kind of record where it is so bad, things are so atrocious? Maybe that has something to do with it. But if you also believe that OKC is going to fall back down to reality, then, okay, let's say they're mm-hmm. an okay team. They make the playoffs. The Spurs are still really bad. I think if that's the comparison, then, yeah, I could see Wimby's number shortening. Sure. All right, I have to ask a question. You mentioned about a quarter of the season done. Is is there enough time? Like the, the numbers for Chet and Wemby are awesome, right? And there was a third name that was talked about in the offseason with this. People were betting on it because of the opportunity. It's an awful start. But it's time to rebound. Scoot. Scoot's 250 <laughs> to one. He's 250 Woo! to one. And Amazing. it's the middle of December. So I don't know. He's going to get opportunities, but he scored 19 the other day. But you got to start, mm-hmm. you got to do that every night if you want to enter this conversation with these other two. It is a long way to go before he's even close to these top two. Like there's, there's a reason there's a big separation between these two and the rest of the pack. But I can't believe that, that Henderson has fallen this far. Mm-hmm. I got to think there's something to it. I, I mean, I, yeah. that seems like value to me. I mean, we are at a point where should we be rejecting our priors so quickly? Like I wouldn't. Right. Not, not right. a third of the way through the season. I mean, a lot can happen, you know, between now and then. Like, I mean, really for both guys, like for Holmgren and Wimanyama, like these aren't good bets to me. Like we are, <laughs> we are open-minded enough to believe in somebody else coming in and taking over. There is more than ample time. And look, there are obvious contenders when it comes to the league, and that's something I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. But there's plenty of time for someone to get on a run, especially against like a bunch of bad teams, make a name for themselves, maybe even have a coach who says, okay, maybe we can't necessarily contend, but we can put this guy on a pedestal, this rookie who we believe is going to be our future. Absolutely, that can happen. Yeah, he would have to really turn it on, but... But man, that is that's a big fall for a guy that the opportunity is still going to be there, and yeah. you know, the favorite 
could get injured. There's that history. And Wemby, uh, the, the other talking point about Wemby coming into the year was how much is he going to play? And that's why some people were betting on Holmgren too. Like there are a couple of things mm-hmm. to be concerned about. So if Scoot, like he would have to double like his points and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, he'll have that opportunity. That's, that's a big fault. Like he was the second or third favorite, like all off season. And now he's, he's way right. We're saying he's not even he doesn't have much of a chance. Well, I think it's a little early for that. So certainly agree with you there. What about a a guy like Giannis? I mean, you go and add Dame. Does that hurt his chances to win it? Because how you know, even if they do have the good record and all of that, to win like, MVP, you can't really say it was. Yeah, can't really say it was him, right? When it comes to the MVP conversation, I I don't think so. Like, I think we probably make too much of this idea that, okay, you bring in another superstar, that it's going to take away mm-hmm. votes or, or things like that. Like, at, at the end of the day, I still think that, okay, big two, big three, whatever, there still is the guy who is the focal point. Like, that still exists. Mm-hmm. I don't see – I mean – I know we sort of get focused on Jokic because of what he's doing, but he still has other right. fantastic players around him. And it took everybody to be healthy for the Nuggets to win a title. And then Joel Embiid last year, like whatever you think of James Harden, like he still had some <laughs> phenomenal offensive outputs and his assist numbers were through the roof. So that does matter at the end of the day. Like you still need to have another fantastic guy next to you uh, for the team to be good and for you to have a serious MVP uh, possibility. So in that respect, mm-hmm. it really shouldn't. I get the odds are a little yeah. longer for Giannis than others, but you know you have other guys here who are on teams with you know fantastic offensive scores. Yeah, I mean it's it's what's happened with the Suns, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the idea. Durant and Booker are they going to take votes away from each other? Neither of them is in the top five, so so not there's a little bit of value on KD's like twenty five to one over at BetMGM, and Booker's mm-hmm. at a much higher number depending on on where you want to look that, okay, LeBron AD, LeBron passes prime. So he's not part of that MVP conversation, but I do think there's something taking away. But the thing is like Dame is not at that level right now. Dame is not in the MVP conversation in any sense. Like, I don't even think he's top 15 in odds. And it, that's just because of the production. Mm -hmm. Right. So in the Milwaukee case, I don't think he's going to take take away from Giannis. Because we all right. know who the number one player is, and he's won it a couple yeah. times. And yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. see, honestly, anyway, Dame could win. And two things to that. Number one, hashtag narrative, Dame went over there to win a championship, right? Like he had been mired right. in Portland misery for quite some time, with that lone exception of making it to the Western <laughs> Conference Finals, I believe, in the bubble. But still, though, it's it's like, okay, he goes there to win a championship. Like, you know, so what does that mean? If the infrastructure is already good there, then he's just sort of that last piece, and that's fine. Other thing, too, is if you look at, say, Darko ratings, the sort of all-encompassing metric to determine the best players in the NBA right now, Jokic mm-hmm. is running away with this thing. And he has the shortest odds to win MVP, and all of that makes sense. Nobody's disputing that. But in yeah. second place, we have largely a tie between Giannis and Joel Embiid. And so in that respect, if Giannis is 12 to one, I like the value there. Done. Yeah. Yeah. He's 13 to one. You could find out there and like yeah. the record's probably going to be there right now. They're tied for the two seed. 
they're they're going to be the one or the two most likely in the Eastern Conference. I'd be shocked. And they're not are they even playing that great? Like they, there's another gear for them no. too. Like you know. Yeah. So they could end up being the one there and then it's Giannis will get a lot of credit. So I mean, a lot of this year are we going to do the same debate that we've had for like 5 years now? Giannis versus Jokic? Cuz that's what it's come Probably. down to most of the time outside of last year with Embiid. And the whole kid Jokic win it again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He could. <laughs> yes. He could win three and four. believes they will. 100%. Yeah. I don't think people Absolutely are going to look he at can. it. He's special. Dude, the refs were getting booed in Chicago last night because he was eliminated. People <laughs> love this guy. It's It, mm-hmm. it was wild. But, I love him. I mean, you guys think this is every year, like the first half of the year, he's in top two, three mm-hmm. odds. Is Luka going to break through? And when I say breakthrough, it doesn't mean he's not a superstar. I'm just talking about the MVP conversation. Because the odds are set every year. They want to give him the MVP, but something derails it at some point. And it's usually the team's success. Mm-hmm. Well, I see, I disagree. I think it's usage. I think that's the problem with him is that they, they sort of run him into the ground in the first few months yeah. that there's nothing right. left uh, down the stretch. Now, is that because the Mavericks are designed to wear without Doncic, like they just can't function? I think there's some truth to that. But you have to moderate his usage a good bit more so that he is available in those last couple of months because I think that's when we are much likelier to think about who the MVP should be right now. Like it's important for betting purposes, but as far as, you know, the non better, but still an NBA fan, they're probably not thinking about thinking about this all that much. And they're starting to make their decisions and come to their conclusions the last month, last two months. And Luca just isn't available or he's a shell of his former self. And I think that's mm-hmm. what hurts him more than anything else. Mm-hmm. No doubt. He's just absolutely uh, gassed. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Tap. No but, depth. Yeah. With the back to backs, they lean on him way too much. We'll see if they uh, they eventually learn their lesson. I think mm-hmm. Coach of the Year is priced correctly. Now, this is a market that fluctuates throughout the season, and that that makes pretty good sense. I'm holding a Chris Finch ticket. I believe I got 25. Oh, uh, nice season. Yeah, he's third. He's third, but it is super close. OKC, Orlando, Minnesota, Indiana—all teams exceeding expectations. Those their coaches right. are top four in the odds board. Um, so I was looking at win totals preseason versus current win totals. Indiana's gone from thirty-five and a half to forty-three and a half. Uh, Orlando 30, 35 and a half to forty-three and a half—the exact same jump. OKC. 43 and a half, now 49 and a half. And then Minnesota went up eight wins, 43 and a half to 51 and a half. So if if we're going on the idea that the coach of the year is coach of the team that exceeds expectations most, this is priced correctly. That's what happened last year when Mike Brown won it. That's what happened a few years ago when Tibbs won it. But my question is, is that truly the formula? That That's kind of been rattling around in my brain. Because a couple years ago, and historically, that's not what it is. It's not NFL exceeding expectations. It's usually the one or the two seed. A coach with a 700 winning percentage like Monty a couple years ago. So I I don't know that the voters have decided on which way they're going to go. And, and maybe it depends on the year. But it, it's it's lined up like exceeding expectations. 
I'm not sure. It just might be the coach of a team with the best record. Like, it, it could be Missoula, who, by the way, is 42-1 to 1 right now. Mm-hmm. But didn't but didn't the Suns exceed expectations though that that year? Like they, they right, kind of but felt like I should say surprised. You, okay, but were well, they a they weren't a surprise though, right? Would it be worse since you're already holding a Chris Finch ticket to gra- like get one more where you're getting a lot more value on a team that you do think could be a one or two seed? Yeah, that, that that's kind of what that? I'm thinking right now. I'm considering it. But, like, also, Missoula, he was under fire in the playoffs by the media a lot. Are they going to vote for him for a team that was expected to win? (laughs) I don't know. That's just kind of what I'm considering right now. They're they're, uh, pearl clutching the priors, so to speak. Like, how do you go from that to being the best coach in the NBA? Uh, That's not easy. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight, right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to Becky Well Daily, presented by Ben MGM, Eddie Cross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to our lightning bets in just a bit, but first, yesterday we learned about uh, Joe's new addition to the family, a dog called Tucker, and somehow it has escaped uh, Aaron and me that we never mm-hmm. asked if we could actually see Tucker on camera during the show. So, Joe, what would it take for you to snag said puppy and actually uh, hmm, bring Tucker on so camera cute. and showcase? I, I actually – I did think about it earlier. I was thinking about grabbing him during off the board, but that's when um, my daughter goes to the bus, and, you know, that has become a thing. Like, all the mm-hmm. kids on the bus are very <laughs> excited. When they pull up, they see Tucker or, or when she's getting dropped off, Aww. and my wife's waiting there with Tucker. So, um, after I get my bed, I'll go grab him. Give my bet out. Oh, okay. I think do, he, do you I want think to go, he's there, and then you can do that while we give ours. Uh, I'll I'll give mine. Uh, I'll give mine now. How about that? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, go okay. Ahead. Let's go. Hmm. God, the Wizards are so bad. They lost by forty-five <laughs> <Right>. on Monday. <laughs> they lost by is twenty-seven in Brooklyn. Before yeah. that, like it is so disgusting. Um. So I'm gonna go and take New Orleans. I'm, seeing if there's a better number out here we're still at seven and a half yeah it looks like seven and a half everywhere i'll lay it with new orleans seven and a half on the road i don't mind that and by the way we're getting the bucks and pacers again uh we know what Giannis does to them just dominates inside like he should uh yeah 34 and a half fine i'll go over i know you're probably tempted with the total the total's 258 and a half isn't that about what we had the other day but mm-hmm. I wonder if defense will be optional tonight. So I'll just do the honest prop. Love that. Good deal. BRD. North, 
All right. Yeah, right. I'm gonna, yes. Speaking Joel of Giannis, I'm going to do a, a, a – sorry, I thought you were going to go, Ed. I'm going to do a Giannis double-double and an Anthony Davis double-double. I'm actually, full disclosure, just scrambling because not everywhere has these props listed yet for the Bucks game. So maybe hmm. something I have to wait on. But I'm checking, like, every book, and I can't find it yet. But that's what I have my eye on. A AD and Giannis double-double parlay. Good deal. Uh, as far as uh, our conversation pertaining to NBA futures, two I wanted to share with the group. Uh, number one, and I know this has kind of been floated around uh, in other walks of life, but I still think there's some value here. How about the Oklahoma City Thunder to win the Northwest Division at 5-1? to one? I am becoming a believer in the Thunder. Simple rating system from basketball reference takes into account point differential and strength of schedule, all that stuff. And the number one team in the West is OKC. And this lead is significant over number two, Minnesota. And I suppose you could make the case for the Timberwolves at plus 175. They've been really impressive, right? Like, how dangerous mm -hmm. and out are they going to be come playoff time, the Timberwolves? Like, just the length they have, the defense being fantastic. Like, they're they're a ton of fun to watch, and they look legitimate to me. Uh, but as far as the regular season goes, I like the bigger payout for OKC at 5-1, to one, so I think that's a, a pretty good look there. And if we believe that the West is, say, top-heavy – and not just murderer's row like it has been in seasons past where you're afraid of seeds five through ten and said you're only afraid of the top four, then yes, OKC has separated itself from the rest of the conference. And so five to one, I think is good. By the way, they're fourth in effective field goal shooting, so that's a good look. And then the Houston Rockets will make the playoffs, and I found them at nearly two to one to do so. Second and opponent effective field goal shooting. They're on a three-game winning streak against OKC, Denver. And I suppose San Antonio is nothing to brag about. But the next two are against Memphis. So they're starting to accrue some wins. Maybe the momentum starts to come together for Houston. I think they can sneak into the playoffs, Paul. All right. Well, I'm a big fan of Houston. Oh, never yeah, mind. I'm a big fan of Houston, <laughs> so, you know big houston uh show historically yeah uh, clearly yeah yeah i'm just <laughs> clearly. some look looking at some early uh nfl sides for this week and obviously injury reports come out um the one that mentioned the total yesterday washington uh and the rams i know we give the uh commanders a lot of we take advantage of their pass defense all the time the rams again not great themselves i think this is a back-and-forth game up and down the field. I honestly wonder, partly, if I'd be a little nervous about the Rams and Survivor, they should mm -hmm. win, but, like, this just seems like a could be a little bit of a high-variance spot. They should, like, they sh if it turns into a shootout uh, with Cup and Puka like they sh and Stafford against what the what Washington's bringing to the table, it should, you should be okay there. But I do, do just think mm -hmm. that it's an interesting, could turn into a track meet. Uh, up and down the field. So I will take over 48 and a half. It's here. Tucker's here. Hell yeah. Hell yes, brother. The newest member. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I want to snuggle with him. So cute. He loves the mic. He's loving the mic. Tucker's already hugging and kissing the microphone. What do you got to say? Takes from his proud papa so easily. 
Oh my goodness! Wow. Hope you guys are watching so this uh, on YouTube and Twitch because uh, <laughs> this is the most yeah, adorable thing in Bell Daily history. Yeah, is I won't be able to hold them for much longer. I'm sure. Not that much. <laughs> I'm gonna miss the, these days, but yeah, that's all everybody yeah, right. does. <laughs> they pick them right up. My wife has a cookie exchange on Friday, and I know it's just gonna no Saturday, and I know that's gonna it's gonna be the whole time. People just grabbing them. Joe, oh, if you ever yeah, need a dog sitter, my rates are very reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and zero. <laughs> oh, look at that! And Cody's is oh. a dog-friendly bar. It's perfect. <laughs> it's the right? streak continues. Oh man, you'll oh, be man. getting lots of girls coming oh. your way if you bring that dog to the bar. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> not that yeah. Jake needs it. He's on a heater right now. We just got like, yeah, Jake with a dog or a or a baby. Yeah, when you're with the stroller. One in each right. arm. Yeah, yeah, I just, exactly. I just got to locate a baby now, and we're good. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> wait nine months. <laughs> no. Wrong. Very wrong. On, erroneous on all counts there, buddy. Oh, so it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, moving on from that. Remember, two blue lines... Anyway. Oh, oh no. My. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not even entertaining this conversation. We've moved on from COVID tests. It's more serious. <laughs> Orders of business. <laughs> oh yeah, that's more serious than COVID. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, oh, you, think, you, you think guys think it's too late for me to reply to Madison or uh there's still time. Oh my I'm god, so you never did? <laughs> no. My, my friend said it. I should, my friend said I should go back and still like react to it. Yeah, the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Or, or just be so like, do you so think she you think? saw the picture that you posted over the weekend? Were you guys on a train? What were you doing? The picture on my Instagram story? No, you in New York. Didn't you post something? Uh, I post. I didn't post us on Twitter. No, you put it on the Inst- gram. Instagram story. Yeah, we were just at a bar. I don't okay. I, like. I still maintain that. Like, I don't know how Madison would see any of my stuff on Instagram. Like, and I oh, would have yeah. seen like, if she looked at my stories. Taken and sent to her. Come on. I don't think any of her friends follow me. Like, I didn't see any like oh, anybody okay. that, out of the ordinary that viewed my Instagram story. Listen, not to say that I'm not looking good these days, but like, I, I don't doubt <laughs> that you know there would be screenshots flying. Like, don't get me wrong, but I just I don't know. Has there been any uh, scuttle from New York number one, the OG New York? <laughs> Forget Not that, that I'm aware of. York, I, w- right. I was wondering about that. Not that I'm aware of. Are so. they still friends? I no. Okay. No. No. We uh, kind of cannot friend. call Brooklyn as a nickname because Aaron doth protest. Famously, yeah. I, I would also protest oh, yeah. that for the same reasons. Yeah, that would be weird for everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't need to do that. I'm <laughs> um, an actual betting news for me actually for the first time in a while. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do a sicko thing. I'm considering this. I haven't Cut done it. Mike. I haven't done it yet. I'm considering the Royals for the AL Central at thirty to one. Oh my god! Why? What? But why? Because okay, what's your, if what is it? So like they signed Seth Lugo yesterday. Not that like Seth Lugo is oh, a world beater. Seth Lugo. No, let, let, let me finish. <laughs> Like, if they're going to actually, if they're going to add real players, like guys that actually are competent MLB players in a terrible division, like the twins don't scare me. 
famously that worked out really well in the playoffs. The Guardians don't scare me. If they're going to add actual guys that can actually play baseball at a competent level, I think that there's a path there. Like the Lugo signing implies that they're not done and they're going to continue adding people to this roster. And Bobby Witt's going to be an MVP candidate. Salvi Perez is still very good. Vinny Pascotino's coming off injury, but he was awesome when he was healthy last year. They have guys coming up and then I love Cole Raggins. I think Brady Singer is a decent number two. Lugo's your three. You add one more starter behind those guys. I think there's a path here. So they would need a what? What kind of a jump? A 35-win jump? Yeah. (laughs) But my my thing is the division they play in. No big deal. Yeah, not not unheard of. I just think that considering the division and considering, like, I still think they need to add, and that's why I'm holding off. Like, if they add, like, a Jock Peterson and a couple other guys that, again, not world beaters, but can actually play baseball as opposed to, like, me in right field, I just think there's a path there in a very bad division surrounded by very mediocre teams. It has to start like with the, Kevin Longoria, the I- someone like that. Sure. And, and it's, it's starting with the idea, a, a team that he hates. We talked about this during the playoffs you have to be way out in Minnesota. Like, the whole right. thing falls apart. Correct. Wait. By the way, uh, Dodgers World are Series discussing a trade for Tyler Glasnow. Listen, we might, we might have hey, – maybe man. I just have the wrong AL Central team. Uh, I was okay. in the vicinity, but I think I just had the wrong team. You know what? You know what? The Tigers, it's an awful division, and the Tigers ended up with 78 wins last year. Are they that far away from taking another – one more step and they're there? Right? Mm-hmm. Record-wise? I just don't know. what. The, like, they didn't... They lost Eduardo Rodriguez. They didn't try to keep him or f- replace him. I don't know. I feel like they lost a couple things. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Fair enough. By the way, how about the Dodgers? You like him now? How about that? Nice no, little trade. No, with him. Diamondbacks division. Yeah. Thanks for watching and listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. For those listening, next up is Jim Rome. For those watching on Twitch and YouTube, stay tuned for the Daily Tip. Take care, everybody.